Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. On this Bad Beats episode, we will explore the human side of real estate investing with a seasoned pro about to make the legendary worst deal of their life. A deal isn't just the investment, it is also the person. Stay with us and learn what it takes to be the best investor. Hi, this is the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Smith, and this is a Bad Beats episode. We're here with Scott Maurer, who is the Director of Business Development for Advanta IRA. And we had him on the show before to talk about all the great ways people are using their IRA accounts to make more money. And in this episode, what we're going to be talking about is all the ways that people screw it up. So, Scott, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, no problem, Scott. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, man. I'm excited to talk to you today. And tell me about who is really bungled for their IRA account that thought they were being clever and smart and has really just screwed the pooch on. I think the, the common thread with a lot of the people that have done that typically are people who are, I guess, chasing the, the shiny thing. They're looking, you know, they're being promised one thing by an individual and they're not really doing their proper due diligence. And that really, that common thread goes across whether it's a real estate investment, whether it's a private mortgage investment, or we've seen a number of well, people investing in the private placements. They're bungling it really by not fully understanding what they're getting involved in and not really doing their due diligence and not seeking outside help or outside assistance to really evaluate the particular deals they're getting into. Yeah. I'm wondering in like in that frame of it, you got you have your IRA, which is basically just a big stockpile full of money, so you think you can move it. But I would bet that those people, they probably aren't regularly doing that type of business, right? I mean, the people that are really screwing it up, it's like a one-off deal for them. A lot of times it is, or it's somebody just getting into and they're not, I don't know if they're, they're, too, they're too trusting of individuals and they're not asking the right questions. But you know, for a lot of people, you're right. It's either their first time getting into it or it's something they're just not familiar with. They heard guaranteed 10 or 12% and that, oh, that's better than what I'm getting in the stock market. So I must go ahead and do that but without really understanding the risks that were involved uh, and what they were doing and really not having you know, an idea on how to, how to properly vet the investment. You know, it could be someone who's an engineer who's fantastic at designing buildings or designing new cars or whatnot, but when it comes to lending money from their IRA, maybe that's not, you know, that, that's not their specialty. They're going to have to rely on other people. Yeah, and you guys are kind of, I mean, you guys are the custodian over at Advanta IRA, right? But you guys really can't even tell people very much, right, about how they're about to get screwed or, or do it wrong, can you? No, that's true. I mean, we, we exist, we, are, we don't fill any advisory role at all. I'm, so I'm really not allowed to tell someone if I think they have a great deal or a bad deal because um, of the, the, the legal implications of, of doing either. So it's, it's the due diligence on an investment, and this is true of all self-directed custodians, not just Advanta. We don't do due diligence. It's up to the client. It's written in our documents. It's written on the forms you sign where it is solely the responsibility of the client to vet an investment. Now, we can certainly refer to attorneys or refer to tax advisors or, or other people to help make that decision. But all, at the end of the day, our job is to process the paperwork. If you tell us you're making a particular investment, we need to make sure the documentation is titled correctly, not whether the terms of the investment are favorable to you or not. Right. Or like, you know, did you actually do any due diligence on this guy? Or like, are you actually going to make sure that the note that you're loaning to, you know, whoever to buy a building, they're actually going to buy the building? I mean, one of of the things that I usually talk about a lot is about how you can definitely take advantage of attorneys because attorneys are so hungry for business. 
And what they'll end up doing is allowing you to come in for a consult with them at either for free or really cheap. And I usually try to pay attorneys really cheap for like a half hour consult, for like a couple hundred bucks. You can, you can get an attorney to look over something and actually give you actual legal advice on it because they're hoping that that's going to like generate a ton more business from them, from you. And it's a great way to have like a really cheap, uh, just another set of eyes on somebody that's actually experienced in the field. And that only is true for an attorney that is in the same business you are. So whatever their hustle is that's outside of their attorney work or inside of specifically what their niche is, is the kind of guy that you want for that. Because nobody else is really going to tell you what's up. And if you're trying to go cheap on that piece of it, it's like, doesn't make any sense because you're risking thousands of dollars to, in the deal that you're doing, right? Like every deal is inherently risky. So if it's your first deal, I would think you either got to get somebody else there with you who's really experienced with those kind of deals. That's like a buddy of yours from a meetup group or whatever, or you need to pay a professional who's in that same field. But the best way to do it, I found, is through uh, consultations, actually. Because uh, yeah, attorneys, they'll just do anything to get somebody into a consult, it seems like. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, we've had, I've had people that have asked for, have, have gone over a scenario with me, and I said, sounds like something you can do, but you, you really might want to get an attorney involved to do that. And you know, they end up pushing forward with the deal anyway. Uh, whether it works out good or bad, they just, yeah, that's, I don't have to spend that money. But I've also had people that have followed up with them. Hey, are you are you still interested in self direct Like, no. You know, the more I looked into it, I had an attorney look at this particular deal, and it, it, I just I don't feel comfortable with it. So sometimes the deal you don't do is as important as the one that you do do. Yeah, don't lose money, baby. That's right. Cool. Exactly. That's the name of the game. If you start losing money, you're never gonna recover it. Yeah. So so Scott, can you tell us? You know, tell me about you know, one of the people that you've seen that specifically that was had done something that. You know, would be a common mistake or whatnot with that they could have easily avoided if they had you know taken the proper steps yeah it was uh, kind of similar to what we've been talking already it was an individual who as you mentioned not a real estate professional not a real estate investor is somebody who is new and heard you know there was a private private mortgage broker saying oh you have IRA funds I can get you 10 or 12 percent on your money and he kind of went into the deal blindly trusting this person and with his couple hundred thousand dollars ended up doing probably two or three different private mortgages from his IRA. And a lot of people who are not familiar with real estate investing, when you think mortgage, you think, hey, I put down 10, 20% on a property, the bank loans me the rest of the money. So they, they understand the equity factor that someone has actually put some cash into the deal. On the real estate investing side, especially in the lending, there's a lot of different ways deals are set up. And I think this individual is saying, oh, if you're, you, know, you lend $100,000 to the borrower, the property is going to be worth $150,000 after it's renovated. They kind of do the after repair value. And so the investor thinks, oh, I'm investing $100,000, but the property is worth $150,000. That seems like a fairly safe investment. But in reality, they're, they're the 150 number is what the property is going to be worth potentially one day and not realizing up front maybe that in this case, the borrower wasn't really putting anything down. He was taking $100,000 to buy the property, get the, the fix-up started. And at the end of the day, with this particular client, he's trusting the mortgage broker that these terms make sense. And the mortgage broker is, is probably more interested in his fees than he's getting for closing the loan. So yeah, I mean, because who's motivated there, right? I mean, sure. like your custodian's motivated. They're limited in what they can tell you. 
because, you know, just legal implications that they can't give you legal advice. And their job is to process the paperwork. Your mortgage broker is making money by getting the loan to go through. The other dude's making money by getting you to loan them the money. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's really up to you to know whether the deal itself is really good, even though you just talk to all of these professionals, right? Right. Right, yeah. I bet that's confusing yourself. for everybody. Oh. Like they probably think that they're talking to all these professionals. So they're like, well, somebody along the line here is going to tell me whether this makes sense or not. Right, and I think you know, from our stand, from our standpoint on the, on the IRA custodian side, I would like to make it more people to understand more that when they when this gentleman came to us and said, "Can I lend a hundred thousand from my IRA to this person?" The answer is sure. He's not a disqualified person. You, you know, we just want to make sure the terms match up. But that, that by no means was an endorsement of the actual deal itself. And I think from that standpoint, as you mentioned, I think talking, you had this client specifically talk to an attorney beforehand and really understood, okay, what is the borrower putting down on this property? Let's get an appraisal of this property up front. Yeah. I mean, attorney is going to be good too, but if you get you need somebody who's a, and like an investor in sure. that field to tell you whether the deal itself is good. The, if you get the wrong attorney that's also not an investor in the same deal, what they're going to do is just tell you that, yeah, you can. It's going to be more of like the, the can you instead of the should you type of advice, right? That's you really true. need a should. Somebody, you need somebody else in there should, especially for your first couple of deals. Definitely. And I think what, what ended up happening with this particular client is he did end up seeking the advice of a real estate attorney. Uh, who may have been able to to give him some of that better advice up front, somebody who's in the field. But at the end of the day, he's he had to go to this real estate attorney because he had to foreclose on the borrower. He lent money from the IRA, way more than the property was actually worth. You know, the borrower ended up walking away from the deal. So he, his IRA properly collateralized the loan. So at least he has a recourse to take the property back. But the property wasn't worth the value of the note. And now he's paying, instead of paying an attorney up front a few hundred dollars, an attorney, again, he's working with that who is an investor, who is in real estate, as is in his line of work as well, he's having to pay that attorney quite a bit more to go through foreclosure proceedings, you know, to have his IRA take back the property. So Right, and to lose money. So you lose yeah. money on the foreclosure because the asset sells like half the value or something, and then you also had to get bled by the attorney to do the foreclosure itself. Exactly. Right. You know, and, and multiply that by two or three from the number of different loans he did. And that's, you know, again, the proper diligence up front or understanding up front, again, especially seeking, like you said, seeking out either the, in a real estate attorney or, by contrast, asking around, finding somebody who has been in the business and been in their investing group that doesn't have an interest in the deal. Finding yeah. that third party who's not going to get paid whether you do the deal or not. A lot of those investment communities, there are people always willing to help give you their opinion on a deal and they don't have a vested interest in the property. They're going to be honest with you. So easy to do that too. It's just as easy as popping into any real estate meetup group and then just announcing in the meeting, hey, I got a deal. It looks like this. Has anybody here ever done a deal like this and is willing to talk to me? I find people are willing to spend 15, 20 minutes with you or even more just for free. Oh, absolutely. Share their experience with you on how that's going to work. It's really like one of those deals that you just got to, time and time again, what we run into, it's like it's, it's your network. Actually getting out there and meeting people that you can talk to that have done what you're trying to do is the advice that saves people more than anything else because it's free and, and whatnot, right? It's just really about you got to get out there. You got to have a network. Otherwise, you're going to get taken by somebody that knows more than you because uh, that's just the world we live in. 
It is, unfortunately, but well, I would agree a lot of those real estate meetups are, are you, you, for the most part, the people in those groups are willing to help. That's why they formed the meetup and group. Is Listen, not. they're lonely too. They yeah. want a friend. They want a real estate friend. Just go yeah. be their friend. Yeah, they're not. They're they're there to find more deals and, and and build their own network. They're not there to take money from people or to. I mean, the people that are in those that go to those groups trying to take advantage of other people don't last because it takes one or two people to find out what that person's trying to do, and they're gone. So the people that have been there a while with attending group, they're, they're, they're there to help you. And just, yeah, I would tell the average real estate person, their person just looking to get started, don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, ask people. Don't, everybody says, you know, you don't ask a dumb question. Well, if you're just getting started, there are no dumb questions, and everybody in that room has been where you have before. They were there doing their first deal, not fully understanding it as they were getting into it, and they see you know, people out to ask them the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no dumb questions. You know, see who you can. If you have a good deal, you'll know it's a good deal because other people are going to try to see if they can get in on it too. Mm-hmm. So that's sure. always a good piece of feedback that you can get from, you know, kind of crowdsourcing the information from sure. those groups as well. That's definitely the best advice I think that we have today for how do you overcome those bad beats? How do you prevent those bad beats? Sounds like in that, the deal that we just talked about now that. Unfortunately, that guy didn't know that it was a bad deal until the very end, and we'd have to talk to him to see if there were some red flags along the way. But the best takeaway I think that we have from this episode is just simply that the professionals that you're talking to, unless they're telling you you should do the deal or not, they're not giving you advice on the deal itself. They're just helping you with the mechanic. It's kind of like somebody telling you, should I buy this car versus can I make it run? <laughs> exactly. It's a different piece to it. So. Scott, I want to thank you for coming on today. This was another episode of the Real Estate Nerds podcast. This was a Bad Beats episode where we go into how investors are losing their ass in the real estate and otherwise the investing game. So please join us all next week. We will be having another episode of the Real Estate Nerds podcast. Connect with us through YouTube, our Facebook, social media, the royallegalsolutions.com website. And again, Scott, just want to thank you for coming on today. I appreciate you having me on, Scott. I'm you know, always happy to answer questions for people or, and do what we can. But again, make sure you know that you're, you have people you can trust and go to and get your questions answered. Absolutely. And everybody reach out to uh, Scott at uh, Advanta IRA uh, via their website. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. That's all for this Bad Beats episode. I'm your host, Scott Royal Smith with the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. Did you see yourself in any part of that story? I know I did. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review to help clue in the sleeping masses of what they need to know and what we all need reminders of. Do your good deed for the day. Thanks, and I'll see you again soon.